Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. How are we doing? How are we doing this morning? Good, good. You know, it's Baptism Sunday, yeah. Those of you guys who are thinking, hey, is this a jacuzzi over there? No, it's Baptism Sunday. No, it's going to be a good, good day. I uh, want to welcome Livestream as well. Glad you guys are here. Thank you, Max. Man, it is a good day, and I got coffee. Hello, hello. Listen, you need it, you need it. Uh, those of you who are guests, welcome. Uh, we are in the middle of a series of conversations called Becoming Church. And basically, what we're trying to do is have a conversation about who we're becoming as a people and as a church. So I want to talk to you. Uh, this is going to be maybe the last one. I'm not quite sure. We'll see. We have a surprise for you next week. But, but, but today, I want to talk about um, a particular idea. And that is, I want, to talk, I want you to think about, um, about the things you do, but how, but how do you do the things you do? How do you do the things you do? Like, how, how do you do them? So turn to your neighbor and say, how do you do the things you do? Just go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. How do you do? Now, now this, this, now this is Valentine's weekend, and I guess the conversation should be, why do you do the things you do? That's a better, right? Like, turn to your person and say, why do you do the things you do? Like, why? Why in the world do you do those? But you know what? I got something for you. I'm not going to talk about Valentine's Day. Hello. I'm not going to do it. Okay, so if there's a message you want about Valentine's and love, hey, there are podcasts out there. But today, I'm going to do all of us a favor and not talk about that. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how do you do the things you do. Like, how do you, how do, you do it, right? This is, like, how do you do the things you do? Now, I, I was reminded about a story, a story or an, actually something that happened to me. And I was like, man, this is, uh, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. But Several years ago, I was in, uh, I was in California, and uh, it was a pastor's meeting, and it's a pastor's meeting, and so it's like a Friday night, and anyway, so uh, we were all sitting together, and we've got all name tags and everything, and this guy walks up, and he is late to the meeting. He sits right next to me. He doesn't have a name tag, and I just give him mine, just as a joke, okay, because I'm goofy like that. I give him mine, I'm like, you're, you're going to be naive. He's like, okay, fine. So we, we hit it off, and the end of the trip, or at the end, end of the, the night, basically, Friday night, um, um, you know, we exchange numbers and all that, and we get to know each other a little bit. But I did not get his name. But regardless, when we ended the night, the end of the night, we, um, um, we got up, and I was like, oh, man, it's Friday night, man. And then I don't know why. I don't know why. But it's Friday night, and I'm like, okay, this is how we do it. So you know I'm talking about? the You know a song? This is how we do it? So I just started singing, this is how. Right. 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 You know this. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. You don't, you don't want a Pakistani dancing. You don't know. It's not Bollywood either. So, but, so anyways, I just said it out loud to the pastors. You know, this is how we do it. And the guy who had my name tag on, he looked at me funny, and I'm like, well, I don't know what's, what's your problem. But anyways, 
uh, at the end of the trip, though, I was like, hey, man, let me get your name. And he's like, oh, Montel. And I was like, okay, Montel. I was like, that's cool. Then he sent me his contact, and it was Montel Jordan. And I was like, I kid you not. And I was like, who is Montel? Is that a basketball player? Montel Jordan. Montel Jordan. So I looked it up, and I'm like, Montel Jordan? The guy who sang the song? So I texted him. I was like, bro, I did not know. I, I'm sorry. I was singing you your song. And what are you doing at a pastor's gathering? Like, what, what, what is that? What is that? So, like, so, so basically, I was like, this is, this is so funny. It's, it's always stuck with me. But the idea, the idea of how we do the things we do, like this is how we do it, really does matter. Like, in your family, it matters. With your friend circle, it matters. In your job, it matters. If you are a business owner, the way you do certain things makes more difference than basically even what you do sometimes. Like, like what I mean is, like, how you do, how you care for your clients, how you interact with people, how you treat people, it has a lot to do with what you do and what services you provide. You know this, and we all know this. We know that there's something you can sense when you walk into a place, and you go, okay, I just like the feel of uh, this, this place. I like the feel of this, um, the, the, this friend group. I like, I like this business. I like this gym. I like this. There's a vibe. There's something you sense. And that's connected to how people do what they do, not just what they do. It's so true. And you know this, and I know this. I was, I was, remember, I was reminded of the of this of a scripture that kind of confirms this and reminds us about this. Let me read you this passage here. This is in Colossians. This is in yeah the first Colossians, not Colossians. Uh, Corinthians. Hello. Hold on. Hold on. I need more coffee. Okay. Okay. So first uh, Corinthians thirteen. This is a love. Uh, this is a love uh, verse. But anyways, forgive me. Okay. So, but here's what it's saying though. It says, "If I speak all the languages of earth." And of angels, but I didn't love, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I could understand, if I understood all the God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't, didn't what? Love others, I would be what? Nothing. I, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained what? Nothing. You see, when we talk about some good news, when we talk about all the good things that we as a church are doing, it's not just what we're doing, it's also how we are doing it. So there's, there's, an, there's, a, there's a difference between how you treat people. See, you can serve people if you feel pity for them or because pity says, I'm better than you, but I feel pity for you. Or you can have compassion that says, I'm just like you. Now, that's a different way of doing things. You see, how you do things matter a lot more than what you just do. And in your life, in your family, how you do things, how you did life, how you live or you love or you lead, all the L words, how you do all those things, really shape your kids, it shapes your family, it shapes your business, it shapes your church, how we treat people, how we do it. It really matters. And so when you and I know that, hey, this is how we do it. I know, I know we do the same thing, like this, the, but we, this is how we do it. It matters. And why it matters is because it shapes the kind of person we are becoming. And it actually points to certain things that we don't really think about sometimes. It's, it's basically this, this idea of values. 
values. Values are those things that we, that we have like a, a standard of behavior that we all think is acceptable. Like for example, have you ever walked into someone's house, right? And you don't know, shoes on or off, right? You, you don't know what the deal is. Have you ever been sitting there and you don't know this person, but all of a sudden they have shoes on, but it's, you're good with that. But then they sit in a way on your sofa with the shoes on the sofa. And you're like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Right? You know it. You're like, what, what's happening? What's happening? Because, because those are unwritten rules. They're not, but they're, they're values. You, have, you don't do that. Have you ever had someone just walk up to your refrigerator? You're like, what are you, do, what are you doing? What is happening right now? You are not allowed in there. I do not want you to know what I eat. You know what I'm saying? There are certain rooms. You can't, if you're a two-story house, you can't be like, uh, all of a sudden don't know the person and start walking upstairs. Oh, no, you don't do that. That doesn't happen here. This is not how we what? Do it. We don't do this. We don't do this. See, it's values. Because values, those things, what they do is they actually shape the culture. And what culture is, it's the attitude and behavior. It's, it's the thing that uh, characterizes a certain kind of group of people. You, you, you have a certain culture. You have a culture, and we have certain cultures in your house. You grew up with a particular kind of what? Culture. Why? Because your values shaped those. Values were what was important to the people who were leading your family, your household, your, your, um, your job. In any arena, your values, those things are so important to the people who are leading. They shape the culture that you and I live in. So in the church, it's the same thing. What I think is important, what I believe is important, even though I don't tell you whatever I think is important, that informs the kind of culture you get to experience. I could say all day long that I'm, I do this, I do that, I'm about this, I'm about that. It doesn't matter. But deep down, what I care about comes out. It comes out. It's always shaped. You can have, have you ever been to an organization and they have mission statements all over? And you're like, you don't do any of this. <laughs> no one does this. Why? Because, because when you, you have stuff written on the walls, like this is where we're about. A vision, a mission. A da, a da, a da. Basically what you're saying is, we just put them on the wall, we don't live them. And that's why there is a particular reason why there's no mission statement ever going to be on this church. Because what we want, what we value has to be deep inside. It has to be not on a wall. It has to, we have to live it. Because we, what we, the values we think are important, we live out and we create the culture and the different kinds of culture in a particular house, business, wherever you have a certain kind of culture about certain things. And that, my friends, shapes actually, I'm sorry, it actually creates a word that you might not be familiar with, creates ethos. Ethos is a, it's basically the spirit of a community. It's a spirit of a people, the spirit of a group. It, it creates an ethos. So, so you can walk into a church, you don't even know the culture, you walk in and just by a distance you feel something. It's, a, it's the ethos. You're like, oh, okay. You don't even know. You haven't talked to anybody. You, there's a spirit around this place. You've walked into a business. You've walked into a gym. You've walked into a, a restaurant, and you're like, this is, the, this is it. This is the deal. This is what it looks like. And the reason is, is that there are people who are intentional about this, and I just wonder, how intentional are you and I about this? I know we focus on, hey, what do I want to do in life? Hey, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to see happen in my life? What do I want uh, my kids to do or know or be and all that? Yeah, 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 yeah. But how are you doing that? How are you shaping that? 
because your values shape the culture and your culture creates the ethos, the spirit of a child, the spirit of a person, the spirit of an organization, and the spirit of a church. It's all connected to how. See, you know this. The church is so guilty of this. It's like, no, 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 it's about, it's about the what. What we know is right. What we know is true. What, 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 what? And what have we, when, what have we done? We've ticked off a lot of people because we've thought, okay, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. You know why? Because we have truth on our side. We have whatever, whatever on our side. So now we are like, it, no, we, we, are, we justify being unkind because we have truth. We can be rude. Why? Because we know their way or whatever. We're convinced. We, 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 we can run over people. Why? Because we're favored? Really? Like, it's not about what. It's about how you treat the people around you. And as a church, we have to move in that direction. We have to know that here's what we can do. Based on 1 Corinthians, Paul is saying that there's so much you can do and so much you can do and because you focus on the what, 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 what. And the, he lists all these great things, doesn't he? He says, okay, I give my body to the poor. I mean, he's, like, he's talking about being prophetic. He's talking about um, uh, having ability to hear uh, uh, different languages or understand different languages. He's talking about all these things accomplishments or all these things and he said but you can actually focus on so much what so much even good stuff and gain nothing you can do so much stuff and gain nothing if it's not in love if you don't focus on how you do it see for some of us as parents i'm gonna give you um I mean, I, I, we, Ash and I, are no experts on raising uh, kids, teenagers. We've got some right now, and we're like, okay, we don't know. But I do know this. is like sometimes we just like, I just want the right information. And so I've been reading all kinds of books about this is what we do. This is what we do. And sometimes we just, it's how we respond. It's how I respond more than what I say. It's how I do it. Hey, when they say something that's like, whoa, 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 you cannot believe that, how do I respond? Have you ever been in a conversation, if, if, just talking to parents really quick here, have you ever had a, a kid say something and you have to squeeze your spouse's hand, you're like, don't, don't. <laughs> right? You have. And maybe it's not even a kid, maybe it's your own mother, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come, Usa. You know, like, you're like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Why? It's, it's how you respond. It's how you respond. So why is this so important? It's so important because you and I have to remember, we have to remember that this shapes who we are becoming. So the question is this. It's very simple. How do you do the things you do? Do you know? Do you know how you do the things you do? Could it be that you're stuck right now in life? Could it be that people are not responding to you in a proper way? It's because, because you just, um, you, you, you haven't focused on, hey, hey, what are my values? So can I ask you, maybe, why don't you just put that down? Like, no, no, what, what is important to me and my household or my business? What are really our values? No, not mission statements. No, no, no. Not what we're doing and why we're doing it. No, no, no. How do we do it? How do we treat clients, people, family? How, how, what, is, what is important to me? What is your values? What, what are they? Are they rooted in something that's more powerful? Because Paul is saying it has to be rooted in love. So what is it? What is your value? And, and then what is the culture that you have in, unintentionally created? 
Because sometimes, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's so true. I mean, I talk to mostly uh, pastors, but also business leaders that, that talk about their company or what they've started. And, or, I mean, I've talked to some pastors like, a, man, uh, they've started a church and all that. And they're like, I don't like anybody in my church. I'm like, that's great. That's wonderful. Okay, why? why? And the reason is, is because they've created a culture that they don't even want to live in. And they didn't do it on purpose, but they did it on purpose. As in, they focus on what and not how. What is the culture? What is the culture that you want to create? Again, it's not by the what you do, it's how you do it. And then what is the, what is the ethos? What's going to be the spirit of this place? See, let me tell you, give you some negative ones. If you, if you don't make, if you don't check this, it's going to create something you don't want to create. So if your value, number one value is success. You tell your kids, you tell your friends, you tell yourself, success is the number one thing that's value to me. Like popularity, success. I'm not talking about success as in, oh, I'm special to people. No, no, no. I want to be known. I want to be the leader of my industry. Success, success. If that is the top value to you, the culture you will create is competition. Always. It doesn't matter. Have you ever been to um, your family's house? And then you just have a moment where like, why are we competing? Like, why are you competing with me? Have you ever had that? Like, we're not, we're not, we're not competing because to them, to them, their value is what? Success. So the culture is now competition and the spirit around them is always strife. Everything's not good. Nothing's ever good. No one's ever satisfied. You see what I'm getting? Now, if your value maybe is, is um, this idea of like, uh, right and wrong, true and false. Have you ever been there? Like there, there are people, I mean, obviously the past two years, uh, four years, oh my gosh, this whole thing, uh, what's happened in this pandemic and in politics has made people go, this is what I believe, this is what I believe, and there's been very much black and white stuff going on, right? So if your, if your uh, value system is that, being right, being right is your value system. So the culture is what? The culture you create is a cancel culture. You're canceled, you're canceled, you're canceled. You're dead to me, you're dead to me, you're dead to me. I'm, I'm, unfollow, 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 unfollow. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people have unfollowed me. <laughs> like what? I'm like, hey, I'm nice. Come on, come back. There should be a button that says, give me a chance. <laughs> right? Right? I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. You know? Like, what, what? So, 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 you see what I'm saying? You create a culture of cancel. And then what, what's the spirit? Then the spirit is no grace. Yeah. And you can say all day long, grace, grace, Jesus, Jesus, but there's no grace. You, have you been in churches like that? Yeah. Come on, right? You're like, it says grace community church. <laughs> Why am I being kicked out? What? Like, what? How about, how about um, your idea is security? You need to be secure. You need to feel safe all the time. For some of us, it's deep. It's rooted in trauma, which I understand. But again, you got to check that value. If, you're all, if, you're, if your value is always security, which I would even, if I, I, would, I would suggest that when I entered into Christianity, I grew up Muslim, so I came in as an adult to Christianity. I started looking around, and I go, wow, do Christians are worried about safety. They're always worried about safety. Like, have you been in, like, old school? Like, like, I remember, like, in college, when we would go on trips, they're like, okay, let's pray. 
pray for traveling mercies. Have you ever heard that? I was like, what are we doing? How do we pray for gas? Because we broke. Like, we, we need, like, safety. Safety. Yeah, safety. Safety. Why? It's always, it's always safety. It's always safety. It's always safety. And it's so funny. So intentionally, okay, if you ask my kids earlier on, there was only one prayer I would pray over them. Okay? And it was this. I prayed that they would be strong and courageous. This was in Joshua. I prayed one prayer. One prayer. I prayed that they would be strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. And, and that, um, and I remember uh, my daughter when she was younger, she was like, Dad, why do you keep praying that we'd be strong and courageous? You know, because she was talking about it, because other people pray over, you know, you have good dreams and this and that. You're just praying, be strong and courageous. And I'm like, I said, yeah. I said, because I don't want you, I don't want you to think that, uh, that um, you always have to be worried about being safe. See, if I, because I can't, I can't, I can't kind of guarantee that. You know what I'm saying? I, God doesn't even guarantee that. Yeah. Right? So, so I'd, rather, I, I'd rather not pray for you being safe. I'd rather pray that you be dangerous. That you would be dangerous. That you would be a force to reckon with. I said, I'd rather do that. So my kids know. The only one prayer, they're like, Dad is a pastor, but he only knows one prayer. <laughs> be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because if you worry about security, then what is the culture? Insecurity. You're always insecure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have enough. I don't. 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 And then what happens? And the, the ethos around you, the spirit, is the spirit of always doubting. It's always doubting. There's always something hidden. I don't know. Conspiracy. There's something, something, something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why? You created that. Let me give you one last one. This idea of just independence. You see, independence is a very Western thing. And I understand that. I'm, I, I, I'm about that. But when that becomes the highest value and you teach your kids to be independent, you are going to and I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to pay for that in a negative way. Because I create this, yeah, this, this narcissistic selfish, individualistic person that's only concerned about them. Have you met someone at work? You, they walk into your business, they walk into your work, they walk into your church, they walk into your friend group, and you go, they are all about what? Themselves. Why? Because there's been a value set in place in them that that's their person. They've got to prove. And so then there's a cult, there is a self-centeredness ethos about them. We can go on and on and on. So here's what I'm suggesting, okay? That we look at our values because, because they shape the culture, our culture, where all the cultures in every group, and then they create the ethos, ethos the spirit. What are you trying to intentionally create it's not about what you do it's how you do it how you live your life will be the thing that your kids or your loved ones will talk about when you die did you know that they're not going to go let me tell you what he did not the what they're going to remember this how you made them feel that's it it's, it's, it's really sobering sometimes. How you made them feel. 
That's it. You're like, well, well oh, I'm doing all these things. Ah, yeah, I know. But how did you make them feel? How is so important? How do you do it? Have you told, hey, this is how we do it. This is, this is how we do it. Have you thought that through? Have you thought it through? As a church, we have to, we've done that intentionally. So can I mention a couple of things? We have a value. We have so many values and all that, but I'll give you a couple, okay? We have a value at Mosaic, and this is the ethos. So let me just tell you, if you walked in, you're like, I feel something. Let me tell you the unwritten things that we value here. We don't talk, talk about them. We don't put them up, but these are the values, okay? So we value this idea of acceptance, and so the acceptance means that there are people who are extremely diverse because we value diversity. So we're holding hands on both sides of everything. And usually when someone's holding hands on both sides, they look like this. And they usually get crucified. But we're holding hands on both sides. That means is there are people who are, believe and live opposite of maybe someone on this side of the room. But we're holding hands because Jesus does that. And that is that's relationship, acceptance. As you are, you're enough. As you are, you're okay. We accept you. That is a big thing here. Inclusion is the next, next one. Inclusion is a big thing. Why? Because when we have a value of inclusion, we have a, we have a culture of hospitality. Of hospitality. It's like, hey, you feel welcomed here. See, hospitality, let me just tell you, as a Middle Eastern guy, hospitality is our thing. Now, now what I mean is we don't have hospitality teams. No, everybody's hospi hospitable. Okay, and hospitality, let me just give you this uh, de definition. Hospitality is like giving um, outsiders um, insider privilege. Does that make sense? Okay, so let me tell you how it would happen in my house, okay? Growing up in a Pakistani household, okay? So, you know, in a Pakistani household, we, we you know, we had... I have two brothers, two sisters, okay? I mean, we weren't rich or anything like that, so things were scarce and all that. We would have to write down our name on our dessert. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, do not eat this or you will die. You know, things like that. And mangoes was the thing. I don't know why, but mangoes was the thing. We would write our names on our mangoes. We're like, we're writing, this, this is mine, this is mine. Fight over them like we're like hungry animals. But anyways, we would do that. But when people would come in, guests would come in, oh my gosh, bets are off. All bets are off. My mom would go and she doesn't care whose name is on what. Take it all out, give it to the stranger. I'm like, oh, where's my mango? Cousin Ahmed is eating it. Great, wonderful. I hate him. You know, like, like why? Because the hospitality was a value. That was a culture. Why? Because it was the inclusion. You're like, you're, you're one of us. You're, you're one of us. I'm like, why? And I remember telling mom, like, why do you treat them like you treat us? And she's like, think about it. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to. You're supposed to. Oh, right, that you're supposed to. We have a value of relationships here. Big time. Big time. What does that mean? That means we rather, we, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sit with people before we stand on any issue. We're going to sit with people. See, sometimes Christianity has it the opposite way. No, no, we value relationship. We value spirituality. What, what does that mean? We have, we have value spirituality as in we, we pray this again and again, right? God is able to do immeasurably more. Why? Because we want to create an intentional culture of expectancy. Hey, God can do anything. He's here. We don't know. And you know, have, you have stories of, you're like, I've been sitting here, I don't know what's wrong, I don't even like the song, and I'm crying. Like, what's happening? 
What's happening? Why we believe that? We believe that. So intentionally, intentionally at Mosaic, we have a culture of kindness. If you're not kind here as on a volunteer staff, you got to be kind. Anybody can be kind. You can have a bad day and still be kind. We have a culture of kindness. It has to happen. We have a culture of expectancy, like I said, of generosity, all these things. Again, I can go on to list and listen to this. By the way, we started um, a podcast called Becoming Church Podcast, which we dive into more of these things. Because what we're trying to do is not just help us become the church that God wants us to be. We also are helping other churches become this. And why? Because we believe we exist to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus. All right, so now lastly, I'll give you one illustration. It's so important for our church because this is something that we have to understand. It's the word oikos. Can you say oikos? Oikos. When you think of oikos, what do you think of? <laughs> I know, I know, yogurt. Okay, before it was a yogurt, okay, it's a Greek word. Would you know what that means? Yogurt. No, no, it doesn't mean yogurt. You're like, that's what it means. It says yogurt. No, no. It does not mean that. It actually means household, like family. House, like, like, yeah. In fact, it's a Greek word, and back in ancient Greek, they would have oikos rooms in their, uh, in their houses. And the oikos room was the, ho- the room that uh, family members and those who were considered family would hang out there. People who were doing family business would be there. It would be the oikos room, like you, you and I would have the living room. Like that's the, the, the space or the kitchen counter. It's where family talks. Oikos. So oikos was also termed in the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts. And so let me give you their oikos, the, cult, the, the, the importance of why they believe that the church should move and breathe like a family. Now, by the way, this can be applied to any business. It can be applied to any arena. You can feel like and you can be like a family. You can be like friends, like there's friendship, there's life going on. You're a real person, not just I pay you, you pay me. No, 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 this is not transaction. We are human beings having a human relationship, and we're doing X, Y, Z, but we're still all human. Oikos, we're still family. So Book of Acts says this. It says that when it gives a description of what happened in the church where after Jesus was raised from the dead, came back, poured his presence on the apostles. And it says this. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to one another who had need every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, this is not just a description. It's basically, it's, it's, a, it's a description, but it's not a prescription. In, in a sense, like, this is not how you do it. Okay, we got to meet daily. We got to have bread. We got to do this. No, it's basically saying this is what the early church there, this was the ethos that they had created. There was a sense of awe. There was a sense of we're together. There was a sense of oikos 
among them. There was a sense of like, hey, we're, we, this is what we're intentionally going to create a culture of, a culture that we all provide for each other, a culture that says, hey, we value each other, we value the teachings, we value this new way that Jesus has taught us to live even though we're in the midst of oppression, this is the kind of life we are called to live and we're going to do it intentionally. And see, here's the problem with that. The problem is, is that this idea, this ethos, we don't have to do it, again, like I said, it's not a prescription. It's, it's a description. It's like, this is the kind of church that we have to be. This is, and it's so important, friends, because I feel like our theology of who Jesus is, who God is, is twisted because we, we have not understood oikos. We have not understood that there's a, there's a reason that we have to be intentional about creating a certain kind of community. Now, I'm going to illustrate something really quick. I've heard this so many times, talking to people who are just religious uh, or maybe people who are just not religious. They've given up on um, religion or God. In fact, sociologists call, call them the nuns. The nuns are like, we're not interested. We're not interested. And, and their idea is that religion is basically a crutch, right? So let me, let me illustrate that. Max, can you help me out here? So Max is going to give me a crutch right here, or crutches maybe, okay? Right here. Let me see if I can do this. Can I do this? Yeah, I can do that. I can do it. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Okay. So, so basically, um, uh, religion is this crutch, right? People have said, oh, yeah, religion is just a crutch that people use. Society uses it and all that just to, you know, support each other because they're just whatever, whatever. And you know what? It's true. Religion is a crutch. It really is. It really is. It's a crutch. Because religion says that this crutch is your faith. And you better have enough of it. Because if you don't have enough of faith, then you're going to what? Fall? You're going to slip away? Or then some even say things like backslide. Which I thought was moonwalking. And then I didn't, I didn't know that was not Christian moonwalking. But whatever. So it's basically the idea of like you're going to fall away. And it is. It is. But oikos... Oikos, the, the, the culture, the values, the, the ethos that was so intentional with the early church was believing that we're not doing religion anymore, though. We're doing, we're doing church. Like, we are the church. We are people. So I don't need a, I don't, yeah, religion is a crutch, but in the teachings of Jesus, this is replaced by actually Max. So this is what it's supposed to look like. Oh, and I need, I need help on the other side too? Oh, this is going to be replaced by Chris. And Chris knew he was coming up here. You're like, oh, what? Right? And then Max holds my mic. And Chris is too tall, but that's okay. Thank you, Chris. Gotcha. Appreciate you, bro. What's up? Yeah. So yeah, what happens? What happens is that we're all together, and what happens when there's not just three of us, but there's 300 of us? Mm-hmm. What happens in the early church when they said 3,000 of them, linked arms? You know what cannot happen? Backsliding. You know what cannot happen? Stumbling. You know what's on a bad day when Max's not feeling good? Guess what? I'm good. I'm feeling good. Chris is not feeling good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And we keep on going. This is the model of the church. It's supposed to be, but it has to be created intentionally, intentionally. So can we do that, my friends? 
It's how we do it. It's how we do it. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you guys. All right. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Would you allow God, would you allow God to shape intentionally your values, create a certain culture and ethos in your life? Would you do that? Let's pray together. Let's stand with me, if you would. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much, so much for this conversation, God, that that is so important. It's so important. It's not what you did for us, Jesus. It's how you did it. It's not how, it's not what you did to that person who needed forgiveness. It's how you held up their arms. God, it's not what you did when you, when you healed that leper. It's, it's how you hugged them. It's not what you did when you raised this little girl from the dead. It's, it's you holding her hand and asking her to get up. God, it's how you did. It's how you've forgiven us. It's how you've interacted with us. It's how you have treated us, God. God, you're a God who is so intimate, so, you, so personal with us. But even now, even now some of us go, man, I, I, you're too kind to me, God. And the reason why you're too kind to me and to me and to others and to other people is because you know us. You know us uniquely. And you touch us intentionally, God. And so I thank you for that. God, help us to create um, homes, workspaces, communities, churches that are intentional about values, intentional about a culture, intentional about an ethos. So we create the ethos, the spirit, your spirit, Lord God. The culture of, of your son, God. And what you value. Maybe not live our lives doing all kinds of things, yet gaining nothing. God, I pray that you give us insight to that. In Jesus' name, amen.